This week, Three Sides of the Coin, it's another what if episode. What if Gene leaves Kiss for good during the 80s? What does Paul do? How is it different than what happens? This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things Kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Hey, Three Sides listeners, we're back. We're here. We got no topic, but we warned you that last week. We don't know what the fuck we're doing all this month. And just the early warning, I'm not going to be here when they record next week. So I don't know what these knuckleheads are going to do. They can record on their own. They cannot record on their own. I am not worrying about it. Neither I'm are only we. Wor- I'm yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We don't worry about anything on this show, if you've ever figured that out over the 10 years here. I'm only worried that next week I have internet at our new place when we move in. Um, you know, I w- I've been watching the YouTube comments on the new episode that just dropped today, the one that Mark and I did so phenomenally well last week. We don't need any of the other co-hosts. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> what am We've I doing? Proven that. Yeah. We've proven that. Yeah. Um, lots of I'm good feedback and response to that episode, though, Mark. I mean, it turned out, I think people really loved that deep dive into all those bands we were talking about. And typical third-person Mark self, I, I haven't looked at any of it. Just too busy doing other stuff but I, uh, so, I wasn't even aware you recorded you know, well exactly that's why i'm not going to ask you to read any comments just, first of all you weren't here and then you're not going to pay attention anyway so well yeah because it's like you know what i did i just went on living my life there you go I, I, I to be fair I, I i tend to check comments like on wednesday the next day that's uh because i, I always love I, I read every look. I all kidding. I do read everybody's comments. I do. I you know I care. I want to see what everybody's saying. You know, and let's face it, you can't depend on Tommy to bring it up. So, no, oh, fuck no. Fuck no. But when Tommy have I ever once said that you should? I've never said that ever. At so least he knows his place. Yeah, you guys are putting that on me. I want to share something really funny that I saw that I just absolutely love. And What's it came that? with a caption that said, this is what happens when you order Gene Simmons, when you order Gene Simmons on Wish. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> That's a Wish.com Gene Simmons. What yeah. the fuck is this? Mark, <laughs> I, I, Mark, 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 Mark is going, what the hell is Wish.com? I have no idea what that is. Wish is like a Japanese company where they sell cheap knockoffs of everything. Okay. I saw him, I'm assuming I, yeah, you can get you can get cheap sex toys there, Mark. Well, you know, it's funny because I had uh, a couple friends talking. I, you know, they're like, uh, <laughs> what was the big what's the big thing right now? Um, Timu. No, no, no. It was Twitter. And what's the other one? Oh, threads. OK. And and I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I, I have to have Facebook just because I just. I never had, I never had, what was the one before that? MySpace. MySpace? Yes. My, no, no, my band had one. I didn't. And the only reason the band had one is because that's how you booked gigs. Facebook, I got suckered into, which it's worked out all right. That's it, man. I, I don't give a fuck about any of that other stuff. I couldn't care less. It's a fucking waste of time. The less social media, the better. I guarantee. But tell you what, that's how you're going to make yourself happy. Get the fuck off the social media. Go for a bike ride. Go Quit visit listening your to this show. Yeah, yeah. Go, go do something fun. <laughs> no, 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 Mark. No, we, 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 we don't want our listeners to leave social media. We want our listeners to go to our Facebook group. No, and no. Start like arguing said, about it's something. Fine to have one. That's it. I've got, argue I've on got something. Facebook. Yeah. I, yeah, I've got Facebook. That's it. And again, I protested to get it, but I, I will tell you, it's been great for, you know, catching up with uh, old school friends and all that. I'm, I'm down with all that. I don't understand any other, not put it this way. It's not that I don't understand. I don't fucking care. It doesn't affect my life. I, I don't want to 
oh i social media is just fucking horrible that 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 so so everybody that's why when we do anything tech wise or social media wise or internet wise on the show we just talk about it but we don't expect mark to volunteer acknowledge smile do anything because it's not his life well, i love doing the show the show's fun because i get to right. make fun of you but all that other that's, stuff yeah the other stuff's stupid i don't even fucking waste my time stupid. with it I mean, I mean, listen, guys, the fact that Mark is recording this on an iPad is freaking phenomenal. Yeah, He's using look, a touchscreen device. Look, a fucking drunk chimpanzee can do. My wife is the one who bought me this thing. And she's like, all you have to do is it's press this thing. button. So, again, like I said, a drunk chimp. OK, it done. And then when it's done, it says leave. And I hit leave. <laughs> So are we saying Mark is a drunk chimpanzee? Exactly. But you know what? (laughs) The rest of the time, I'm going to shows. I'm having fun. I'm riding my bike. I'm playing hockey. I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm playing gigs. I I don't sit on the... I I, I don't know how people do it, man. I I just don't understand. Don't get me wrong. A little bit's good. I I still go back, Tommy, to the very first episode with Mark where we literally spent nearly... Three hours trying to True get you connected. Yeah, we only ended up having time for like forty-five minutes to chat. And we had like two, two to three hours to get him connected on Skype. It was just like Tommy and I were like, "Are we sure we want this guy?" Yeah, yeah. Thank God I can fucking do cement and asphalt and construction because I don't make money. I don't need any of this. Oh stuff. God! It's like that. It's like that episode in Cheers when Norm got a chimp to deliver the mail for Cliff. That's essentially what it is. It is. It is. I'm just a a silverback. We don't mind coming up with ours. We we don't mind talking about our shortcomings here. No, we've always been open and transparent on this show. You guys know it. That would be Cheryl talking about that. Wouldn't wouldn't your shortcomings? (laughs) Cheryl sitting down. So let's talk about Tommy's shortcoming. Wow, you guys are brutal today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we oh, never man. did get a reaction out of Tommy on that that photo he shared that I posted in our chat about him with that fan that said, oh, God. "I eat." Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. That was a that was, you know, I was. That's a long story. That's <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so anyway, thank you for the great response and comments to, to last week's show, because again, Mark and I had no idea what we were going to do. We just winged it, had <laughs> a great, like had a fucking right. great discussion about a lot of incredible bands. Although I, 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 I don't have the comments in front of me. Somebody just said, there's one band you forgot to mention that if they weren't here, what would kiss be like? And they were like the Beatles. I'm like, yeah, but if the Beatles weren't here, Everything would be different, not just. I could have swore one of us said the Beatles, at least in passing. Uh, you know, maybe we did, but not to the extent we were digging into these other bands. And by the because... way, that's no, that's no. I'm not trying to tell our our listener that they were wrong. We may have missed it. But... We may, we may have missed it, but I'm I'm just saying from my viewpoint, I look at it like the Beatles are an obvious. Uh, yeah, if they didn't exist. Not just Kiss, but everything in rock yeah, and roll. It's almost too big of a mention. A yeah, way. it's yeah. an it's an obvious mention. Everything would have been different if the Beatles well, didn't exist. Let's let's be honest with. It's funny. I'm I'm currently reading the Geezer Butler book, the bass player from Black Sabbath, and I it's the same thing. And I've said this about Bruce Springsteen. You know, Kiss's makeup is every bit as you know an image as bruce's baseball hat and his jeans and his all right and it's no you know he was geezer was saying in the book that i think the record company or somebody suggested that instead of being called black sabbath to be called papa son and he was talking about and this is in the book you can read it i just matter of fact before i was reading it before i came down here and he was saying about, you know, the inverted cross on the, on the, you know, and, and all the, all that craziness that went with the hype of the record. 
And he's like, you know, the music was still the same, but things probably would have turned out different if we were Papa Sun and just had four faces on the record. Not the witch, not the evil inverted. Car- Look, man, it's show business. And yeah, that's like, look, do we love Kiss? Yes, we're, we love their music. But if they looked like four schlubs, didn't do anything, it would have been harder to get into it. And that just is what it is. And I say that because that's why a lot of the acts we were talking about last week from, from the New York Dolls to Slade you know, to Martha Hoople and, and Alice and Cooper, Alice Cooper. What did they all have? They had, they had a bit of vaudeville. They had a bit of pizzazz. Yep. They had a show. The, yes. A visual. That's what, that's what we were saying because the, the and, and guys, let's be honest with one another here. The Beatles hair. Oh yeah. The shocking. Suits. Yes. Shocking at the time. Beatles hair. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I used to really, especially as, as I got into my, my young teen years, being a student of music and understanding things and really reading on. And I would tell the people who talked about kisses um, for little kids and everything. I remember even back then having the wherewithal going, you know, the Beatles sold Beatle games, the Beatles. I mean, this was in the 60s. The Beatles had a Beatle cartoon. What are you talking about? There's nothing new under the sun. It's just funny how Kiss, whenever they did it, especially now, everybody from Led Zeppelin to Rush to Jimi Hendrix has coffee cups and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. But guys, there's nothing new under the sun. And let's face it, you know, Kiss didn't really start doing the heavy marketing stuff until they started seeing it. Being done, and they other people were selling. Being done by bootleggers, yeah, yes, yeah. that's when they went. Hmm. <laughs> Why we want we want that money? Why should that yes. person make all the money? I, I I very much chuckle when I when I when you start hearing oh all they you know they they all they were doing is marketing. Fuck you! You don't even know the story if that's what you think. You know you're just showing your fucking ignorance. They were out on the road. Next thing you know, these kids are making the T-shirts. And these, this guy who was, you know, this company was made. Matter of fact, I had the ads to prove it. That's how geeky I am. When um, when a coin started going, hey, they partnered with the mirror company and partnered with the belt buckle people. And, and uh, you know, the, the uh, what's the ca- campus craft in Canada right. and, you know, the posters. Matter of fact, I have a great article from Billboard where, campus craft got sued and then they decided to go into business with the coin management and for for those of you who don't know campus craft was a poster company and if you're a poster collector like i am those were the unfortunately have all of them but uh uh the campus craft ones are the those are tough ones to get so um you know that's especially the early ones but but guys that's that's what i'm, I'm talking about it wasn't just kiss matter of fact if you go into and i'm not going to get up and go get it but i've got a whole box of creams over there but in the ads and this isn't this isn't 73 and 74 it was ads for led zeppelin t-shirts and bad iron on transfer yes yes with alice cooper and all this and emerson lake and palmer and chicago bands that you wouldn't even think keep in mind all of that, not just the KISS ones, all those were not authorized at that time. There was no merchant. There, was, the there was no West. organized merchandising business like there has been since the late 70s, 80s onward here. Back then, yeah, I mean, you know, I remember. So, you know, when I w- was working with KISS, I worked for their merch company. And, and well, we had Frank Vacanti on, you know episodes ago who was was one of the graphic designers there and the guy who founded signatures network kisses merch company was someone by the name of del ferrano he started winterland merchandising winterland merchandising was basically the first official authorized merchandising company out there and it basically started because 
He's hanging out at um, Winterland, a ballroom, um, with Bill Graham, who was running all these shows. And Bill is seeing people buying Grateful Dead t-shirts, going, Dell, maybe you should basically start making a t-shirts for the Grateful Dead so we can collect the money, not the guy standing on the street corner. And there was the birth of official merchandising. I mean, that's no, no band basically back then had the vision to go, yeah, we need tour books. Yeah, we need T-shirts. We want to do posters. It, 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 was, it was brought on by the fact of they get so successful, they see all these other people making the money and they go, wait a second, time out, stop. It's time for us to make the money off of what you're selling. So, yeah, I mean, may, maybe Kiss was outside of the Beatles and Elvis, the first real mega, mega band to make it a priority. But Kiss were not the first ones to do it. Oh, to your point, oh, Mark. Oh, no. making it a priority, arguably, but the first to do it, not even close. Nope. Beatles, Elvis, they were out there earlier than Kiss doing this shit. Jackson Five. Yeah, I mean it was they they, they had the Saturday they had the cartoons, oh, and the, the monkeys, the Beatles. Yes. They all had yes. that stuff. Yes, and the to Osmonds. say that Kiss, yeah, exactly, Tommy. And to say that Kiss, you know, from day one, the marketing machine, and really go no. back and read that first Rolling Stone review where they praised the music. I mean, literally, that's what happened in Rolling Stone magazine in, in, in 1974. They loved the first record. I, guys, again, that's why somebody like myself who loves history and combines it into this love with Kiss to go back and collect those sorts of articles and stuff. You can really see where the hatred came in, you know, after the first record. They were upstaging other bands. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just reading something. Um, as a matter of fact, it was in Geezer's book. He was saying how um, how slag Led Zeppelin got and how the, the term le uh, heavy metal was a negative, you know. Um, and he was saying how they hated it because originally in some music uh, uh, tomes, they were saying that it sounded like heavy metal clanging together. You know, and again, not everybody used that. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it was used at, 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 for a number of other bands too. But you know, the the negative connotation at first of loud, heavy, hard rock. You know, and but the fact is, is that the fans loved it. And the same thing with you know, when we start talking with bands like uh, New York Dolls and and, uh, and and Slade and stuff, what were they though? They were outlandish. They were loud. They were in your face. And that's what made us love them so much, you know? Yep. It made us love them because our parents hated it. Yeah, there's, there's, certain, there's something to that as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't remember what I had posted because it was one of the things on, on Facebook. But it got into a discussion about um, Kiss was never a demonic, satanic band. And I'm like, if you were back in the 70s, Timeline, again, means everything. Kiss was very much seen. Now, they, they didn't make, they didn't present themselves to be demonic and satanic. No. But the public saw Kiss in the 70s as a very demonic, satanic band. All you have to do is go back and read and look at news articles and interviews. They were, they were, they were seen that way. There was there was this guy who spit blood and breathed fire. Now, yes, you fast forward 50 years later, and that's a Disney Same. parade. That's a parade in Disney World any given day of the week. Back then, it was completely new. Alice Cooper was satanic and demonic, and Kiss was. And were they heavy metal? I mean, I remember people, you know... It, Early on, nobody knew what to describe Kiss as. I remember seeing them described a couple times as they were acid rock. What yeah, the fuck is acid that. rock? How about, how about punk rock on the back of that cream book? Yeah. 
yeah. you know, from Robert, our former guest, Robert Duncan. It, people didn't have a term for it. Matter of fact, um, and I brought this up on the show before, but it's very easy. If you go and you just uh, type in Cream Magazine or Circus in the late 70s, this is before 1980, late 70s, both Circus and Cream, I think Circuses was titled Can Heavy Metal Survive the 70s? And I right. think Cream's was just blatantly is heavy metal dead. Right. I think those were the two headlines. And and who are on those covers? Heart, yeah. Bad Company. I mean, bands that you wouldn't today even think. But to our generation, especially, I'm 58, when that's what people were calling bands like ZZ Top and, and, and Aerosmith, you know, heavy, hard rock, metal, you know, but not now. I mean, it's a totally different. I'm going to say I, I don't like what the current for the most part, you know, if you can't understand the singer, I, I really can't even get into it, um, honestly. But the term heavy metal, I don't know, there's just so many subgenres now. It's it's even hard to. That's how come I go back all the time to my buddy Rich thing. There's good and bad. It's all right. Well, it's just like cars. Okay. Well, what's a car? A car is a Toyota. It's a Ford. It's a Subaru. It's a this. It's a that. And that's to your point. What's happened with heavy metal is it's gotten into all these subgenres. And it was on full display last weekend at Rockfest because we had everything from Slipknot all the way to the Soap Girls or even someone like Plush or Dorothy. Um, by the way, Plush wants to come on the show because they're huge Kiss fans and they actually listen to our show. So go figure. Um, they but, were good on the cruise. They, 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 yeah. I saw they did an incredible version of Heaven's on Fire. Yeah, yeah. And they did that the other day. And they're just phenomenal young young gals. Just great. But my point is, is it, it was it was the whole genre on display with the subgenres. And so it's just like anything else. You pick and choose what you what you like and what you relate to. Because I agree with you, Mark. I, if it's like, <clears throat> I'm, I, I'm not interested in that. But there's still a lot of heavy metal or hard rock that's being made that's not like that. But like for me, with, with not to insult anyone that's listening, but I've never understood the interest in Black Sabbath. I, I, I've listened to them. Well, you I, look at the time. Yeah, I know. I, I just, I don't get it. I, I, I've never, I, I, I don't. I don't understand. I, I've never been able to, understand. I, you know, I, I, I just, I think, I think what all this comes down to is if you really love music and you haven't done it yet, go down the rabbit hole of musical history, yeah. which is kind of what Mark and I did last week, but don't limit yourself to like the, the, the glam rock era that we kind of focused on last week. You know, go back to the origins of Black Sabbath and, and even before that and and try and understand what was going on coming out of the 60s into the 70s and realize that all this music and bands that today are not insulting in the least bit 40, 50 years ago were incredibly controversial incredibly i mean again you had to be there to really understand it but you can go read old newspaper articles and interviews and that's reviews. your point what you just said michael that is that that is why i collect them like a maniac i yeah because when matter of fact i i'm looking at right now over here i've, a, I've got a 1977 kiss article from the detroit free press and and nowhere are they mentioning the legendary kiss or you know it's like hey they're playing at kobo next tuesday this is what these idiots look like they're loud and they're brash they, no one thought you know they most rock bands back then lasted a couple years and that was it exactly well, and then also too when you take a look at black sabbath you take a look at led zeppelin those two specifically for me and how far out of the box and different and groundbreaking they were compared to everything else. I mean, I would say Led Zeppelin too, to a certain degree. Uh, um, I'm sorry, not Led Zeppelin, but Zeppelin and, and a Black Sabbath, specifically those two for me more than anything else, Deep Purple kind of third, because they still had kind of the, you know, Ian Gillen, the way he sings, he had that 
high pitch register that Robert Plant had, and that was still really new at the time. But those bands, for good or for bad, were ridiculously influential in what's going on now. And I'm surprised that they broke in the way that they did because it's so far removed from 60s and 70s AM gold and everything that was going on at the time. Tommy, the the one it's again, you you guys all know, especially if you watch the show regularly, I'm a huge, crazy Deep Purple fan. But Deep Purple is really, if you were to start listing things, and, and this is really a testament to, to, to Richie Blackmore. I mean, most classic rock fans would know Hush, you know, um, with Rod Evans singing. Yep. So there's a there's a voice that Richie Blackmore wanted to play. In, to his music. And then you had Ian Gillen, David Coverdale, went on with to White Snake, Glenn Hughes, same with Black Sabbath. They had Tommy Bolin in the band. Uh, 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 Motley Crue covered one of their songs, Teaser. And then you skip over when Richie, and I'm, I'm throwing this all on Richie's plate, Ronnie James Dio brought Ronnie James Dio to the forefront. Um, since you've been gone, Brett, uh, 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 Bonnet, Graham Bonnet, and look at the hits they had with JoLynn Turner. And also for you, One Hit Wonders, Wyoming Planet P, Tony Carey was the guitar, was the keyboard player in Rainbow. I mean, look at those. I just nailed, I just named like 10 singers that if you're a classic, classic rock fan, you, you will hear those songs on classic rock. That's all because of one guitar player who went, hey, I like that. That guy's talented. I want him to sing songs that I wrote. I, you really can't name another guitar player who went, who had that much success with that many different voices. Right. That's but insane. I guess I'm, I'm focusing mostly on Ian Gillen simply because that's the blacks or that's the deep purple I knew. But to hear like Highway Star and stuff, at least from my perspective as a kid, that's so far removed from, you know, the Carpenters and so much of the poppy stuff that was going on back then when you didn't have a lot of FM radio, you had mostly AM stations playing the hits. It's I, I think that that the importance of, of Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and a handful of others certainly cannot be overlooked. And I think you could lump Kiss into that group as well, but they get overlooked even more so because of the whole makeup thing. But it's amazing. I mean, if, if you were back in the time and a kid at that point and you can look, I can look back at it now, it's like it was really revolutionary, much more than I think anything since. Oh, the whole thing was. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, and, and it's funny because it, it, you know, just staying on that topic with Geezer's book, and again, I'm only a few chapters in. You know, they only had one single, "Paranoid," that was huge. Don't get me wrong; you ended up getting radio staples later, like you know, "War Pigs" and "Iron Man" and "Heaven and Hell," but those weren't top ten singles. That's, FM radio came along, and yeah. you know what I mean. And yep. and that was the difference. And you could really say the same thing about Kiss in a way because you know some of their biggest songs like detroit rock city especially if you look at streaming some of their more top 10 songs weren't necessarily huge singles you know what i mean and and the same thing with led zeppelin you know they weren't a singles band they're an album band but that was the whole format of fm um we're going to have a guest in a few weeks who i uh that is going to be able to talk in great depth about the radio and uh and kiss so i'm really looking forward to that i I shared that with mike and tommy and that's coming up in a couple of weeks but i love radio talk i i love geeky music talk like this and and that's what's really really fun and and that again that's another thing with kiss iron maiden's another example not a lot of radio hits but the fans love their music man and they and they glommed on to that so Let's let's do a, a quick what if here before we we get too deep down this rabbit hole here, because there's there's a fun one that that was actually kind of inspired by a comment um, left for last week's show. And I don't again, I don't have it in front of me, so I apologize. I don't have your name here, but he was basically like, what if and we're going to twist this a little bit. What if. um 
what if Gene, what if Kiss disbanded in the 80s because Gene Simmons went on to basically do movies? And and the question followed up. So what about what if Paul Stanley formed a band with Billy Squire? And and I, you know, I'm sort of like, no, I don't see that happening. See that. They're 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 two front men, two lead singers. That's not going to work. Um, but let's let's rephrase this in the sense of, what if Gene Simmons left Kiss in the '80s? What would Kiss have done? What would Paul Stanley have done? And I want to start with following the initial thread this fan had. I don't see Kiss disbanding because Kiss was too big of a name, too big of a machine, too big of a Goliath to just give it up. Uh, I almost imagine kind of like what happened in reality here. Kiss continued through the 80s, but it was basically Paul Stanley running the show. It was Paul Stanley's solo act, for lack of a better description, under a KISS logo. But if Gene officially quit KISS, what would have happened during the 80s? What, how, how would KISS have evolved, changed, been different from what we saw? I, personally, I think uh, Paul wanted, would have done a solo i think he would have left now when in the 80s michael when name a time uh let's just let's just say 84 84 i think he would have um say gene they'll make this easy say gene was done by animal eyes i see paul shelving kiss i see paul starting to take an interest into more of an MTV style thing. And as a solo artist, I think he would have jettisoned um, Eric you think, you think You think he would have given the given up the Kiss name yes, as a and band? I'll tell you why. And I tell you why. I think he would have been smart enough to know that eventually, because they were unmasked, that's why I asked, like they weren't going to break up in 1980. I think he would, I think in their back of their hip pocket, they all knew they had the makeup to come back to it someday. And I don't even think that's a, a secret. I think they've talked about it. They always, now am I saying that they would think that it would come back the way it did? No, what I'm saying is, I think Paul at that point had, again, in 1984, would have saw that MTV was so huge, realized that he was a good looking guy, he could write that sort of music and why share it with somebody else? Because Gene was, was his partner. And that's what made him so bitter back then is he, his partner left him, abandoned him. I don't blame him. I would have been pissed too. You know what I mean? That took us, that was a strain on their relationship, but had Gene, and that's an, let's, let's throw another wrench into this. What if, what if Gene's movie career had taken off? Like he was now, maybe even a B-lister. You know, I'm not saying Tom Cruise, but somebody like, who's a, who would be a good B-lister? Tommy, you're a big movie guy. Who could we equate like a Dolph Lundgren? Like, who no, could that, we that, no, that's too, that, no. I would say um, he would be, you know, I don't even know the guy's name, but he's got short bleached blonde hair and he always plays the bad guy. Like he was the bad guy in that remake of Walking Tall with The Rock. It would be something like that. Okay. So Gene would be, Gene would be one of those guys. He'd be like, um, uh, God, what's the one who passed away? Uh, Jay. I got to think about this, but he would be one of those guys that would always be the villain and he'd be a perfect villain, but he'd be considered like a B level actor. Well, when I, when I say B, I, to me, like Tom Cruise is an A. Yeah. Um, was Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis was an A. Wasn't a. He? I would say he'd be like J.T. Walsh. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> you ever see that movie? Yeah, Dark but Town? but but you know what? Let 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 me back up a bit. Somebody like Bruce Willis didn't start out as an A-list. No. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Say Gene's 
because then he would have truly abandoned Kiss. It wasn't well, like and I and I up. and I think that is the premise of this whole what if. Gene's movie career is successful, and he quits Kiss. Then I think exactly as I said, Paul shelves Kiss, moves on as the Paul Stanley band, or he's just Paul Stanley. I can't see him taking a, a, a band name. He's going to want to call all the shots. And, um, and I think that's, and I think he would, he would have been successful. That's JT Walsh. I don't know. I don't recognize him. Oh, he's been Again, the bad guy in so many freaking movies. He's fantastic. Uh, he was in uh, that movie with Dustin Hoffman, Out- Outbreak, and he played like the Secretary of State. But anyways, he'd be, the, he'd be, that's about, I think, as far as Gene could go, would be he'd be one of those guys that he's always the villain in a movie. Some people know him, some people don't, but he, will, he would never reach A-level acting because okay. I, don't, I don't think he has what, he doesn't have some of the intangibles that someone like a Clint Eastwood has. Okay, so that was my take. Tommy, what do you think, Paul? Oh, I think Paul would have would have run from the band. He would have gone solo, and all those records would have been Paul Stanley records, except they would have had more Paul Stanley songs on them because there weren't any Gene Simmons songs. I don't think he would have taken Eric Carr or Bruce or anyone. He would have gotten a completely new band. He would have gone out and done his thing, and he would have continued to tour. It wouldn't have been probably as big. It would have been more like theaters and things like that than... 96 comes around they all get back together and do a reunion they'd be together ever from that point on i'm team time yeah team time i I, you know partially just to play devil's advocate but i you know it kind of surprises me that that you guys both think paul would ditch the kiss name brand logo so that's quickly again if gene is gone gone i think he would have it's no different than the Beatles. If Lennon or McCartney was gone, it's no longer the Beatles. Well, I, I get what you're saying, Tommy, but we're talking different time frames here. I mean, by, by, the, by, by the mid-80s, I think record companies, bands, artists recognized value to significant band names and, and would, would kiss draw more and what is draw referencing it could be draw more media hits media attention more tickets more interviews than Paul Stanley alone I think from just from that sort of business and marketing standpoint I think Paul would be definitely smart enough to go oh dude the 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 freaking weight of the kiss name and the kiss logo um, now maybe he changes it to Kiss, featuring Paul Stanley. Um, but I just feel like it would be tough to just a uh, uh, jettison the Kiss name and logo so quickly because that puts you back to square one. You know, I, I the old Candyland game. You get all the way up to the top. Oh, let's get rid of the logo. But Sorry, maybe he's so pissed back off. to the bottom. But what, where's his mindset at the time? You know, he may want to go, okay, I'm really going to prove myself as a solo artist because there are also a lot of people who equate Kiss with Gene Simmons. So when How about Gene he is gone. Huh? Tommy, a great example, I think, would be like what Robert Plant did. Yeah. And I could see Paul doing something just like Robert Plant is doing with, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, Krauss, Allison Krauss. Yeah, Allison Krauss. I could see Paul starting to work with all kinds of different artists because I think the music to him is more important than just the name or the reference. And I get what you're saying, Michael. And I don't, I'm not saying that you're wrong because there is value there and they were learning that. But I almost wonder if he would do it just to prove a point to throw it in Gene's face. Like, I, I can I, still I, do this. I, I think he could prove that point and throw it in Gene's face while still using the logo now 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 the 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 wrench could be if there's the kiss logo on it does gene simmons share in the profits 
Well, there's that too. That's a great point. And, in 1984, and I think it, he probably would have set himself he, up to do that because exactly. At that point still, wasn't Peter still getting a piece of the pie? I think so. Yeah. I don't know what Ace's deal was when he left. I don't know, but I know Peter left with a piece of the pie. I mean that that that's something to take into consideration here. You know, who knows what the 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 separation agreements would have been, were, whatever. But if if Gene was going to equally share in the the profits, the revenue from an album that Paul Stanley did completely on his own, just because it's got the Kiss logo on it, then I could see Paul going, nope, not going to do this for one reason only. If I'm doing all the fucking work, I don't want that guy getting a penny of it. Right. Again, yeah. that, that's why I think Tommy and I both said the same thing. It, he would have jettisoned Eric. He would have jettisoned who was ever, you know. I do agree that. with that. I do. I do think he would have. Either way, if it stuck as Kiss or became Paul Stanley solo, I think he would have completely jettisoned all of the players that were involved. And I also think kind of that's what Sharon did with Ozzy, because anybody who's a student of Ozzy knows that that band was called Blizzard of Oz. The initial press photos were called Blizzard, yep. Blizzard of Oz. The first gigs were billed as Blizzard of Oz. Matter of fact, I think the Reading Festival says the Blizzard of me, Oz. But let me ask you about, about this, because you're a big Ozzy fan. Do you think a big piece of Ozzy's success was Randy Rhodes? To, oh, get him, to get him going? Of course. Yeah, okay. Right. Definitely. Okay, so... I, I think that it's like anything else. The, the, the food you're making is only as good as the ingredients you use. So even Paul Stanley being an incredible songwriter and performer and all the other stuff that he does, would he have the forethought to find the right components? Oh, yeah. Or would I think he, so. Or, or no, here's the other thing. Or would he just hire a really great backing band? And the reason I asked that question is, is that at the time that he was touring for um, his solo record, I thought there was a distinct difference between the quality of musicianship with Paul's band and the guys that Ace brought out. And I would take the guys that Ace brought out every time over the people that Paul brought out. Now, Paul brought out the best of the best, as far as my understanding, as far as studio musicians are concerned. And they were a band for, I don't know, whatever show it was. But it just. Are you talking about the Live to Win band? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so my, my question to you guys is this, and to all of you listening. If Paul chose a band like a Live to Win band, is he setting himself up for mediocrity? Or is that the right recipe to make the best stew? Or would he have gone a different route and picked people? And I don't mean a shredder like Randy Rhodes. I'm just talking about someone who is so incredibly gifted at their craft that it brings more to the table to help launch him to where he wanted to go. Because I mean, oh, think oh, about oh, 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 because I think, don't get me wrong, huge Randy Rhodes fan. Yeah, but the, the key to that band while you Randy was huge was Bob Daisley. Bob wrote along with Randy wrote those songs and, and Lee Kerslake, the drummer also did a lot of the vocal melodies. Um, again, uh, if you really, if you're really into Ozzy read for facts sake, it's by Bob Daisley and he, uh, he leaves no stone unturned. Well, and I'm not taking anything away from his. No, no, no. But when I'm here, because I'm using that as a bridge. Okay. Because with Paul Stanley, then, and this is how come the name we don't like to speak about, you need a song to sell. Right. And that's what happened with Lick It Up. They had a song to sell. But do you also think, though, that part of the problem for Paul? 
is that he is fighting a bigger battle in a situation like this than, say, Ozzy Osbourne, because Ozzy didn't come with the baggage that Paul came, came with with regards to he was a member of KISS, they wore makeup, and da 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 so people judge them a certain way. When Ozzy left Black Sabbath, even though he was the voice of Black Sabbath, he was able to continue on, because I think that Roth would have been a much larger solo artist if he didn't do some of the stuff that he did, meaning that, you know, it was fine with the EP with just a gigolo and stuff. And that was fun. And the songs were good and that, but eat and smile was a seriously great rock record that I thought really challenged a lot of the Van Halen releases. So he went balls out, but then when he came back with skyscraper, I think he made it an epic choice in what he did then a little late enough after that it just kept going to do so what i'm saying is, is no matter how great paul is at writing songs and his talents does someone like paul still need a randy rhodes i'm gonna i'm gonna say what what paul needed is what ozzy got it's the same i'll give you a great example without a without a band going solo when Aerosmith got back together and released done with mirrors that record didn't do very well what did they have to bring in holly knight they had to bring in the hudson uh, the mark hudson they had to bring in these people who were writing pop hits and that's what from Ozzy to, to Paul Stanley solo to Aerosmith that you need somebody that can write songs. That's not just you. I mean, that's, that's how they all evolved. And it's no different. If you look at Alice Cooper's career from Bernie Taupin to uh, you know, I could sit there and name all the, the people as he went on and you can see the different parts in his career. He was writing with, you know, X and Y, and, and, and the music changed. But so you know, do you think Paul would have been self-aware enough to realize, hey, I want to give this a go. If I'm going to drop the Kiss name and go solo, I need these components. Could he or any other artist look to Ozzy's success and know? I, I think he would have went to like a Michael Bolton or somebody who was a contemporary songwriter back Again, yeah, I, but does he need a guy like Randy Rhodes in his band? Well, because yeah, everyone because worships he's a different Randy sort Rhodes. of artist. He's a different he, sort of artist. He, he he doesn't, but I would view this as first of all, I think it's very obvious Paul Stanley has no issues and knows that outside outside songwriters can be a huge boost yes. to a song. He's never been a I mean, let's go all the way back. Yeah. I was made for loving you. He was, he's credited as giving Desmond child his career, basically Meant the keys to the kingdom here. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, from, from, I was made for loving you. And then he went on to work with Bon Jovi. I mean, you know, so he's not afraid of that, but what I would think from experience, Paul would be like, yeah, I want to surround myself with the best players possible, but I don't want best players who've got egos who are going to try and upstage Paul Stanley. Right. But coming the from the players... history of the guy who shall remain nameless. Right. So... <laughs> right. But but that's kind of also what I'm saying is, is are the best players the right players? Well, because... he may he may go with an unknown name, but it might be a great player. But it's an unknown player right. who's willing to play by Paul Stanley's rules. Tommy, I, I got to throw I got to throw a couple of wrenches in examples. And again, this is all silly stuff. So, I, I, but that's not always a guarantee. And I'm going to give a couple examples. One is I think the most obvious example is Mick Jagger. He was never able using some of the you know Niles. I think it was Niles. Right. He, he he using some of the most talented people in the business. His solo career just could, would never catch fire. Don't get me wrong; he had some good songs, and I like yeah. him. I'm a big Stones fan. But you know, and then you have somebody like David Bowie, who who got Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know, but 
it, it was still, you know, it was still the Bowie show. I mean, it, it, it whereas, right. you know, again, those are some examples of pro and con of, of that. It's not always a guarantee. I think what the guarantee is, and this is always the, you don't know, it's the song, man. It always, always, always comes back to the song. And I agree, it, but... it, come, it comes back to the song and then it comes back to something that most of us will never see or experience. What's the dynamic going on behind the scenes with the, the band leader and the band members? Me again, right. Paul's going to have history of dealing with that The guy who will remain nameless. Ace Fraley, he, you know, Peter Chris, he's played with, you know, you could even throw Gene in there. He's played with some of the biggest egos out there. He knows what to look for and he knows he wants to avoid it. So how do you get as close to that perfection without having the guy who's all of a sudden going to do the Bumblebee guitar solo in right. the middle of a show unannounced for 10 minutes and piss you off. Right. He's not going to let that happen. But well, I do, yeah. I do firmly believe Paul would attempt to surround himself with some of the best players he could get. Mike, we can prove that we can prove that what you just said is proof positive because they went and got somebody like Mark St. John. They just wanted somebody that was competing with Randy Rhodes and Van Halen. I mean, that's what they were doing. Right. But I guess that's what I'm how, saying that's is, how, is that's how kind of lost it was at the time. I don't it, think he, he, they were looking at the song per se. They didn't hire Mark because he was a great songwriter. They hired Mark because he could. That's why yeah. they hired him. So, right, so but, let me let me throw let me throw this out then. You know, we're talking Paul Stanley solo 80s. What about his solo band from the 80s? Bob Kulik, Eric Singer. I mean, Eric Singer back then was, you know, no disrespect, but he was basically kind of unknown. He was right. a young kid, mm -hmm. but he was a phenomenal person. That Paul Stanley solo band was pretty damn good. Oh, they were really phenomenal. damn good. And, 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 and I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there was ever the fear that Paul was going to be upstaged by one of his band members on that tour. Right. But I guess what, the re, what I'm trying to say, and I'm not being very articulate here, and I can't verbalize it, but I'll give you an example. So do you guys both know who Dorothy is? I know of the band, boss. yeah. Yeah, she's a singer. <laughs> Yeah, I know that. Uh, yeah. Track. Okay. So she played at Rockfest last weekend. Great job. Her guitar player, I don't know who he was, was just unbelievable, just captivating. Played a standard Black Beauty Les Paul and just was ripping through the whole thing. And I'm wondering if does does Paul Stanley in, in that time frame would he need a guy like that? Even though Steve Lukather is a better guitar player, probably. From a technical standpoint, I don't know, but would choosing Steve Lukather be a bad idea? Because let's face it, part of Randy Rhodes' appeal was that he had he was that he was a young kid. He had the vibe, he had the look, and he had the sound, and that led to it. Even if Bob Daisley and all these other people that were involved in Ozzy's success, which I don't take away anything from any of those folks, but there's a lot of people who are more casual fans that don't know the things to the level that you do, Mark. I'm looking at it just from an aesthetic standpoint because Paul comes with more baggage as a member of KISS than many others did, does he still need someone that the kids can relate to that? I, I, I get what you're saying. You know, to, to your example, I, I don't think Paul would ever go with somebody like uh, a Lukather. But because did he really that, go with Lukather in that band that he took out for Live to Win? Because I felt they were as sterile as sterile could be. I'm they, with you, Tommy. I felt the same way. They they and they were the they were they I, I were just... very they were a very good studio band. But here's the thing: Lukather's got it has has a name, has some recognition. 
I don't think Paul would want to get somebody in the band that a songwriter is different. Oh, no. And, it on st- and an onstage performer. I don't think you he would want somebody else in the band who has had any level of success under their own name. And, I, and I then, 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 then you start having the competition. And I don't disagree with that. What I'm saying to you is the quality or the type of musician, does he need to add somebody, even if they're unknown, that has the cool factor and no disrespect to Mr. Lukather. Mr. Lukather to me does not have the cool factor. Would he, is he, would he be aware enough to see that? Yes. Is it important? I, I, to him? I, Tommy, here's some real world examples. Uh, Ozzy did with Randy. Dio did with uh, um, Vivian Campbell. Vivian Campbell. To a, to a different extent, but I play, play my game here. That when Alice with this comeback, that's that's why I got Kane Roberts. I mean, he was he was more of a modern shredder, and he just looked bizarre. But my point is, he had a focal point next to him, and you got to remember, Alice was so visual; he really needed somebody equally as visual to try and get that thing off the ground again. Well, I'm, I'm kind of, that's what I'm trying to say in a really and Vi Vi with Roth, same thing. You know, oh, yeah, that was perfect. You know, all these guys. So, yeah, I do think Paul, again, timelines everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe Paul would have taken that. I also think that maybe Paul would have taken some time off and tried to sell some of his songs, too. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I think Paul, when I say ego, I don't mean that in a bad way. I think Paul's ego is he, he'd want to go out and prove himself. He'd want to go out. And, well, that's why I'm and, saying, yeah, I think he would he would just set the kiss thing aside go out as a solo artist but would it would his choices have been different in 1984 than they were for the live to win tour because i think i would say yes because of the reasons we just talked about the buys and the and the yeah uh, i i i you know it would have been different back then i think first of all i think paul is is deeply aware of all of these things we were talking about i mean he's not only an incredible musician he understands the business, he understands yeah, the image, guy. the marketing. He's a really smart guy. He he's got he's got you know by the eighties he's got a decade of life lessons working with mm-hmm. some incredibly big musicians, big egos. He's learned what he doesn't want, but I think at the same time he wants talent. He would right. want and- he would want great talent. If that talent can be balanced in such a way that, okay, it's a great talent. It's kind of an unknown, you know, it goes all the way back to when they were auditioning guitar players around creatures. They didn't want a guitar player that had already been known. Right. They wanted an unknown. You still, you got to be an incredibly great guitar player, but nobody's got to know of you. And, 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 and then coming out of all of that, okay, you got to be that, but you also got to be somebody who's not going to have this huge ego attached that right. wants to be a bigger star than Paul Stanley, because this is the Paul Stanley band. Oh, totally. This isn't the lead guitarist band. This isn't the drummer band. This is my band. You play by my rules. I think Paul is more than skilled enough to recognize all of that and hopefully find that right puzzle piece to create a band that is incredibly well-rounded musicians either has got some great songwriters right within it or is not afraid to go out and work with third-party songwriters he's got no fear of that no and and i'm not saying for one second that he's not incredibly smart with all of what he does I guess I was just asking the question more because it's like anything else. It's like when you call up a friend to talk about a problem, sometimes you need to hear your friend's perspective on it because simply you're just too close to the situation. And I think of Billy Idol, for instance. Okay. I think, I think Billy Idol and Steve Stevens together work really well. And I would like to, yeah, I would like to believe that Paul needs a Steve Stevens type Uh, of guy, somewhat moxie, but is unknown that doesn't have an ego that's a good guy but really is someone that the, also just the music fans in general who would maybe never give paul a chance because he's a a member of kiss or was 
to listen because wow, you know, Paul's really got that incredible guitar player. And it's nothing to take away from Bruce, but if you're gonna stop the kissing because Gene leaves, then why not do a whole new deal and really go out there and find yourself a whole new thing? You know, I I yeah, I think I think to that point he would. I think okay. he would find a whole new he would put together the band he wants. Mm-hmm. Not the band that he and Gene want. Right. Is right. this is and 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 we know Paul has different different tastes, different influences. Everything's you know different than Gene. That's why they work well together. It's a yin and a yang. But if 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 Yang is gone and it's only Ying, he gets to do anything he wants now. Yeah. He gets his ideal lead guitar his ideal bass player his ideal drummer his ideal keyboard player that can be front and center on the stage because now this is not kiss anymore where it doesn't belong there and you know it, it, it it i i i think it would be very interesting to have seen what paul would have done during the 80s if if it was clearly defined gene's gone and this is paul this is paul doing paul and he's got no no restrictions no no worries about pleasing somebody else i now do what i want and i think he has he has the skills and the connections i mean believe me in, in the mid 80s if that was happening you don't don't doubt for a second that everybody would be presenting the incredibly new unheard of so-and-so to Paul. Right. You got to check out this guy and this guy and this guy and this girl. And that's what I would hope would have happened for him. Cause I think we would have continued to get a lot of great music. It just would have been more Paul Stanley and less. Or, or, or does Paul do what Tommy Shaw and Jack Blades and Ed Nugent did? That's good I, good, good question because they went straight to the top three man when, when those when those guys who were all platinum sellers on their own at certain points of their career joined forces i, I was thinking about that tommy when you said uh, or michael mate was you when you were talking about billy square i'm like I, I take him out of it but i mean then i started thinking i'm like what if paul got with a john Waite? and uh you know and uh a Greg uh, Rob, robin zander I'm just saying, wow, maybe if you do put together a, a you know, a super group, um, you know, again, that's just, and again, because I, you know, I just texted you guys. You know, so we'll, 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 let's, let's save that one for a future. We have nothing to talk about. What if Paul Stanley like put together <laughs> a super group of other musicians, all of the damn Yankees, who would be an interesting fit for him. Jimmy Page would be his guitar player. In Ace Makeup. Oh, oh. What? Right out of left field. Fucking timing. Wham! Like, oh, fuck. Is it bleeding? Well, Where yeah, but Zeppelin was from? broken up by that point, and we know he loves Jimmy Page, so, well, you know. Tommy, did you watch last week's episode? No, he hasn't yet. Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea, Mark. I was busy no idea. my life. Tommy, we did a what if last week. What if Jimmy Page joined Kiss? Would he ha- Would he wear the Ace Frehley makeup? I, I begged him not to bring that up. I begged him to not say that last week. But I didn't say that. I just said join whole <laughs> solo band. Oh, well, you no, know, let, let, Led let, Zeppelin let, did let, steal let, from let, Kiss. Let's save that for a future. So... <laughs> So, so homework for this week, um, you know, following this, what if, what if Gene is gone, left kiss, Paul's baby now would, would, do you think Paul would continue under the name kiss? Would he ditch the name kiss and go under Paul Stanley? How would he put together a band? What do you think? What do you think he'd do in putting together a band? I think it would be, I think it would be very interesting. I mean, good Lord, if we could get a decade's worth of crazy nights out of Paul, oh, that would be awesome. Well, look at the time. 
I got one dissing Black Sabbath, the other one talking about Crazy Nights. It is time to go. I didn't diss Black Sabbath. I just said I don't understand. That's as like dissing them to Mark. Yeah, I know. How can you not understand them? That's going to bug him for days. It is. Uh, I mean, maybe Paul forms a band with, with Desmond Child, Holly Knight, and Ron Nevison. Hey, hey. I'm just saying, they guys. Call, they can call themselves the Crazy Knights with a K. <laughs> <laughs> the Crazy Knights. Oh my god. Oh, uh, these what ifs are these what ifs are fun because you never know where they go. Please don't take this so seriously, people. Oh, you we're just, not. <laughs> we're we we're not. This literally is the type of crap you would talk to your buddies about sitting around a table anywhere. I mean, this is the crazy stuff. We've all been there. Admit it. You've all been, whether it's on the cruise, at a bar, at a McDonald's, and one of your buddies throws out this interesting thing where you're like, what? Huh? But, and then it just, three hours later, you're still trying to figure it out. And then when he mentions Jimmy Page and Paul Stanley, you tell him to put the crack pipe down. <laughs> Put the 7-Eleven pasta down, Tommy. Yeah, I don't need 7-Eleven pasta. That's Izzy. Okay. All, All right, guys. That's it. We got to get Mark out of here. That's our what if for this week. Um, homework. Play along with everything we talked about here. Yeah, we want to hear what you think. We I won't be here next week. I believe the Knuckleheads and the Weather Girl. Ooh. We haven't heard from her in I know. decades. Sure. Decades. We should put out a... Missing persons report on Lisa. Um, we'll get, we get someone from Cameo, like a goalie, to put the video out? I got my hockey bag over there. That would be so funny if we had a goalie go, Lisa, where are you? <laughs> um, all right, everybody. That's it. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here. See everybody, I believe, next week. Do you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320 320- 515 Voices for Three Sides of the Coin, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.